You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, friends, and we are on the beat today. I am Paul Hudrick, and I'm bringing you the latest from the Sixers and their series uh, with the Toronto Raptors, as we all know by now. Sixers failed to sweep the Raptors Saturday in Game 4, losing 110-102. A lot of issues with the offense in that one. Some some serious issues, uh, especially down the stretch, getting you know good looks. A lot of empty possessions. Raptors got a lot of points off turnovers, which, as we said throughout, that's a, a main point of emphasis that the Sixers did really well uh, to 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 uh, take care of the basketball through games one and two. Not so much in Toronto in games three and four. So uh, that's a big reason why you saw that loss, of course. Uh, Joel Embiid's thumb is a big part of that as well, which we got news on Sunday confirming that it is a uh, a, a torn ligament in his thumb. It will need surgery eventually, according to ESPN's uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, but he's going to try to play through it. And uh, you could tell for sure that it hindered him on, on Saturday. And, you know, he, he said so after the game. He said, especially free throw shooting and passing. Which and rebounding, which you know, all those things make sense. Uh, he, I think, I believe he had five turnovers uh, on Saturday. Which, again, he's been one of the people that has been doing such an excellent job taking care of the basketball. We know about his historic struggles with the Raptors in the past. So, um, you know, you hope that those. Sorry, it's uh, yeah, no, five turnovers. So, you know, you don't want to let those issues creep back in. Uh, you know, I, give Joel and be this. You know, last year the guy played on a torn meniscus. Now he's at the pay, play through a torn ligament in his thumb that's going to require surgery. I would prefer that that not happen. I think everybody would. I think everyone would like to see this guy get a legitimate playoff run healthy, but you have to give him credit that the last two postseasons he's had this and he's intending to play through it. When Doc Rivers was asked about it, he didn't really have much to add on it. You know, it, that's pretty much what they feared that all along, that it was, that it was going to be a torn ligament, and now it's just confirmed, and... Nothing's going to change for Joel, Doc said, as far as, you know, how he's going to go about his day-to-day right now. He's going to get treatment on it. He's he's going to take care of what he has to take care of. Them winning Game 5 on Monday night would surely go a long way in, in helping him get some rest, perhaps. You know, the, the Atlanta Hawks didn't do the Sixers any favors last night by getting crushed by the Heat. So, you know, thanks to Trey Young for, for that. Uh, but, you know... It's tough. It's tough this time of year. Every team's got injuries. You know, Kyle Lowry didn't play last night uh, for the Heat. We see Chris Middleton's out. You see now, you know, New Orleans and Phoenix. They're tied two two. Devin Booker's is not is likely going to miss that entire series. So it's not just the Sixers. Even though sometimes I feel like it certainly feels like they're snake bitten, and especially with Joel Embiid, but. The reality is there are a lot of guys that are hurt right now. And it's, you know, the the good teams are the ones that really overcome it. Um, You know, look at the Boston Celtics. Robert Williams was probably a pretty underrated part of what they were doing when when they were on their great second-half run. And then he gets hurt right before the playoffs start. They don't have him for the first three uh, three games. Um, He comes back in game four and makes an impact. And 
you know, but they they won three, you know, the first two games without them pretty easily uh, against against the against the Brooklyn Nets. So every the good teams are able to overcome it. Now, granted, there are teams like again, like you know, as everyone loves to point out, that like the Denver Nuggets who are missing two very good players, and that can be a little difficult to overcome. Um, and look. Don't even look overlook the Sixers opponent right now. Uh, you have Fred Van Vliet, who's going to be out now for Game Five with a hip issue. He's been dealing with a knee issue going back into the season. Um, you know they're a pretty banged up team too. So uh, Scotty Barnes just making his return, and he got banged up a little bit uh, again in Game in Game Four. So it's just the reality of it. It's it, it's tough. No, no one wants to see it. Clearly, we all want to see Joel Embiid be healthy and and have a good run here. And maybe he still will. Maybe things uh, you know are going to change a little bit. Maybe you expect to see some more screening and rolling in an effort to get other people open and in an effort to, you know, get other people going and, and scoring. And in the case of, you know, a guy like Tyrese Maxey, he could probably use it after a couple of kind of off games. He was four of 12 um, in game four. So maybe this is an opportunity to kind of get him going. Of course, James Harden, his his struggles as a scorer are, are, are well documented now going back into the regular season and, you know, five of 17 and just uh, it's, and doc spoke with the media on Sunday. And the one thing, and he was talking about uh, James Harden and he talked about, you know, he's talking about the idea of him as a scorer and, and kind of missing a lot of twos. And doc had mentioned that he thought he actually did have a little bit of his burst. He thought he did get uh, by people on a couple drives. And I actually agree. I think in games three and four, you saw him, get by people fairly routinely. He just he didn't finish as much as you would like. And I think there was one play and forgive me for not remembering it, but it was it was in it was late in game four where instead of trying to go all the way to the basket and either try to draw the foul, which he's just <laughs> just doesn't get foul calls any it's so funny how that's reversed from like James Harden getting every call to getting no calls. Um Scott Foster certainly didn't help that call. That's a whole other topic for a whole other time. But you know, maybe instead of getting going all the way to the basket, there there was a play where he kind of just pulled up and it took like a little fade away from five feet and made it. Um, that in the floater, which Doc mentioned as well. You know, it, it, the floater's been a pretty good shot for him in the past. So I think maybe as much as you know, the the emphasis for Tyrese Maxey was, especially his rookie year, was hey, don't rely so much on the floater, don't rely so much on on, on the pull up. Um, you know, get all the way to the basket and finish your contact. It might be the opposite for James Harden now. We might need to see him just pull up a little bit for Like, he's got great touch. He's got a great shot. Just pull up a little bit, you know, not quite at the rim and, and see if you can score there. That might be his best option going forward. The inability from Harden to shoot, catch and shoot open threes is like, it's equally hilarious and scary for the Sixers because it's like, he's got to hit him. He's going to keep getting them. He's got to start taking them. There was the one, I think it was a kick out from Danny Green. He's wide open in the corner. He takes a dribble to his to his uh, right first and then hits the three. He hit it, so I mean, I guess all is well that ends well. And I remember there was a similar play when they played Milwaukee and James was great in that game against Milwaukee in the regular season uh, where it was the same thing. He gets the ball at the top of the key. He takes one dribble to his left and then shoots it. I mean, whatever works, but at the same time, some of these got to be just just let them rip. And I thought, you know what, as a team, I thought the Sixers kind of got back into that habit as well in, in Game 4 a bit where they were sort of just no one wanted to shoot, it felt like, which it hasn't really been the case through the first three games. Everyone's really been firing away, but I, I got this 
there was this weird hesitancy that I felt, especially late. And part of it is the Raptors. Part of it is you give them credit uh, because they did. They they played like a desperate team. They played like a team that was down 3-0 trying to avoid a sleep. And that's just the reality of the situation. I do have to touch on the officiating stuff for a minute. I'm not going to get into the whole Scott Foster, Chris Paul, James Harden conspiracy theory thing. Um, although apparently Joel Embiid might like to get into that. Because um, Joel Embiid, if you didn't see it, gave the officials a little golf clap after the game and was asked about it and said uh, he thought the officials did their job, what they were supposed to do, which I guess is he is implying that they were trying to make a game five happen. Um, the Raptors do have a, did have a serious advantage from the free throw line in that in game four, um, which is odd on a couple fronts. One, you have two players in the Sixers and Embiid and Harden who get to the line a ton. The Raptors don't really feature a guy, you know, maybe Siakam here and there, but not, you know, not uh, the upper echelon of the league. And then also, if you look at the regular season, the Raptors are a team that commits more fouls than anybody in the NBA. That's just, that's a statistical fact. They they commit a lot of fouls. So that disparity does seem a little funky to me. Um, you know, it, Doc Rivers, again, talked on Sunday and was asked about it. And the other day, I love the quote when he said, you know, we're not going to complain about it. He, I think he said that after game four. He said, we're not going to complain about it. We're not them, uh, which I thought was tremendous. And then even... Uh, on Sunday, he, he had, you know, it was a, it was, there was apparently a quote that went around about Pascal Siakam saying, and bead is dirty and yada, yada, which, uh, I tend to agree with Doc Rivers here that it was, it was pretty rich. I'm just going to read the quote for you, um, about Siakam. He said, I, Doc Rivers said, quote, I don't get caught up in that crap. I think there's, <laughs> I think there's blows being delivered by both sides. And the guy talking probably is the leader in the locker room of that with the little elbows. It's part of the game, but I don't know if any of them are dirty or anything like that. I thought it was hilarious. Tobias got called for one in a game where the guy that's guarding him has been doing it all playoffs and he got called for that, but who cares? Let's just play basketball, you know? And I think that that mentality has served the Sixers and Doc Rivers very well. And I've mentioned this before, you know, in 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 articles and on our podcast at Liberty Ballers. It's I get what Nick Nurse is trying to do, and I understand where Nick Nurse is coming from because he has no way to stop Joel Embiid. Um, but I think when you complain about the officials as much as he has. How does that not creep into your players' heads a little bit where now you have Pascal Siakam complaining about it after a game? And you have Doc Rivers on the other side saying, like, we weren't good enough to win the game. That's what he said at postgame. He said, we weren't good enough to win the game. And and I agree with his assessment as well, that I don't think his team did a very good job of playing through it, which they had. When, when you know, And I think that's a big part of the playoffs, too, is – you're going to face adversity. And one of those things that you may face adversity with is officiating and the whistle's not going to go your way, but you have the choice then to either rise above it or kind of shrink to it and get caught up in it and worry about it. And I thought the Sixers for sure in game four got way too caught up on it. And I think that throughout the series, the Raptors quite frankly have also gotten too caught up in it. So should make for an interesting Game 5. The Sixers have the opportunity to close out the series, to end the Raptors season, and to get some, I would say, much-needed rest uh, ahead of a second-round series, which if, you know, if when that does happen, it appears it'll be the Miami Heat and our old friend Jimmy Butler. So that should be interesting. I'm going to be coming back at you later this week with more from On The Beat. Uh, I am Paul Hudrick for Liberty Ballers, and I will talk to you next time. 
More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.